the Lions and Browns get the job done on Sunday. And how about the miracle that happened in Miami? We'll talk about week 14 and get you set for week 15. We've got games Thursday and Saturday now. Looking forward to that. The Army rolls past the Navy. And Tua does not get the Heisman. It goes to a future baseball player. As bowl season is upon us. You'll hear the predictions coming up. When I last left you, the Jackets were getting ready to start up a series, a homestand that was seeing them playing the Calgary Flames. And now they're 1-3-0 in the month of December. We'll talk about the struggles. And the fish hit the lines on the Cyclones, the Nailers, and the Beast. We've got all that and more. We're two weeks away from Christmas. But I'm giving you a gift early because this is all Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Gambino! Hit to a home run. Yes, me. Choo choo, it's time for All Andy Alfred. And oh, I love you guys. And welcome into this, the 11th of December. 2018 edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. And you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms, whether it be iTunes, whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, and now on iHeartRadio. Yes, iHeartRadio has picked up some of the podcasts on the Anchor Network. We are on the Anchor Network. You're listening to me tonight as well. And thank you for tuning into the program. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button and pass the show along. Got a lot to get into tonight, of course. Programming note to make mention before we begin this program. We are going back to the old days, my friends. We're doing the podcast now. Since the end of college football has ended, uh, there's no need to do a Friday show now. So we're going to be going back to the roots, doing a show once a week. It will be we'll be doing the show Tuesday nights, of course, Tuesday nights, as always, as the tradition is. Every Tuesday night, we'll be recapping the week that was, the weekend that was in sports, as well as previewing the week that is to come, and so much more. So uh, thank you for tuning in to the program tonight. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, always be a part of the show. Follow us on Twitter. It is at... All Andy Elford. This is at All Andy Elford. So welcome aboard. Got a lot to get into tonight. We're going to talk about the the recent woes that are happening at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard with the Jackets. We'll also talk a little bit about the walleye and also my impressions on some some of the teams that I've seen the walleye play this week. I'll also talk a little bit about the college football spectrum and we have some breaking news to go into about that. But first, let's dive into the NFL. Fresh in our minds, week 14 of the NFL season is finito. And what have we learned? Well, the Lions, yet again, are screwing themselves out of a top 10 draft pick, folks. This season is a complete bust. It has not proven anything. This is I know this, this is the first year of the Matt Patricia era. Contracts have just gutted, gutted this team. Especially the Stafford signing for that long-term deal. And it's proving to me that he is not the capable quarterback that we're all thinking he was worth. And it's starting to scare me a little bit. Um, There was talks of him getting traded. Um, And for me, I would be, you know, I would kind of be open to it. In my opinion, the Lions need some help. They need help more than ever. And they need more help in the defensive front as well as in the wide receiving court. But you need somebody to pass it to. And this draft pick, they're upcoming out of the quarterbacks, aren't that great. So the Lions, 
you know, are playing, keeping on playing games, not meaningful games. The division's wrapped up by the Bears, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. The Bears have got this division wrapped up. Minnesota looked hideous against Seattle. The Bears looked dominant against the Rams. And the Packers, you know, struggled against Atlanta. But they... It's just the fact that Green Bay was down this year. And it shows that, you know, and Minnesota was down this year. Kirk Cousins hasn't done a thing in Minnesota. I'm sorry, Taryn, that it's it's the fact. They had the opportunity to get the job done and win the division outright, and they couldn't do it because of the fact that Chicago and one player in Khalil Mack, the, the defense that is stronger than ever, and now Mitchell Trubisky leading his team down the field, down the midway of Chicago, and now holding the crown as the NFC North champions, in my opinion. Plain and simple. They won the division. So for the Lions, you have to look at it this way. What do we need in the draft? And what what we have to do to get those get that draft pick. A solid, strong draft pick. A top ten draft pick. Well, we need to lose some games. And we're playing against less meaningful opponents. Whether it be you know, Arizona this week. Uh, we have Buffalo this upcoming. You know, teams that are not competitive and not going to be making the playoffs. We don't need to win these games. And we're winning these games. We're 5-7. and seven. Okay, folks? We're 5-7. and seven. I said 8-8 eight and eight would be okay. 8-8 eight and eight's okay with me. 9-7 and seven is okay as well, too. But that's not going to win you the division. 8-8 eight and eight will get you... A solid mark, but this year, how bad we are, I'm all for us losing games now to get the draft pick and to get built up better. But, of course, they like to screw the pooch. Screw that all up because it's Detroit Lions football for a reason, and they win in Arizona this past Sunday. Getting the job done over Larry Fitzgerald and Rosen and beating the 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 Cardinals 17 to 3. And by the way, the first half that was a snooze fest. I was at my other job. I know I have another job, folks. I was there till, you know, 5 o'clock, got home, caught the first I caught the end of the second quarter. It was still 3 nothing and I watched the highlights. I watched the re-ran the game on Monday night. Like I always do, I watch every game that so I could pregame for this show. And what have I, what did I see? An absolute snooze fest in the first half. I would rather watch paint dry. I would rather watch paint dry than that first half. It was I don't know. It was um it was pretty. It was pretty, pretty, pretty pathetic, and Stafford did not have a good game. He was thirteen for twenty-three for one hundred and one yards, no TDs, no interceptions, which was, you know, pretty good. But the thing is, the defense gets a touchdown. Zeller twelve carries, fifty-four yards, one TD, and one field goal, and that was the off. That was all the points that the Lions got. That's all the points the Lions got. T.O. Reddick, four catches for 30 yards, no TDs. LeGarrette Bunt, two catches, 18 yards, no TDs in the game. For the Cardinals, Rosen, 26 for 41, 240, no touchdowns, one interception in the game. Johnson, 15 carries, 49 yards, no touchdowns in the game. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, five catches, 55 yards, no TDs. Shearfield, five catches, 77 yards, no TDs in the game. Here's the breakdown. The Lions... Had 16 first downs to Arizona's 22. On third down, the Lions were 4 for 12. Arizona 6 for 16. Arizona had 279 yards of total offense, 217 for the Lions. Total pass play for the for Cardinals was 218 in the air, 61 on the ground. For the Lions, 96 in the air, 122 on the ground. Penalties killed the Lions, 7 penalties, 68 yards. 
The Cardinals, eight penalties, 83 yards. Both teams turned over the football once. So the Lions now get head up into the beautiful tundra that is Buffalo, New York for Chris Curran and the Buffalo Sabres. I almost said the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills, they play the Bills this upcoming Sunday. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment. But we talk about teams that, you know, couldn't get the job that, you know, should be good job. There is one team in this local market, in this local market, that has a shot for a playoff spot. And I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns. No, you're not hearing wrong, folks. You're not hearing wrong. The Browns have an outside shot of making the playoffs. Hasn't happened since 2000, in the early 2000s, folks. And they got bumped in the first round. Got bumped in the first round of the playoffs. But they need a lot of help. They need to go near perfect to get into the playoffs. And they need people to fall behind them. And it's not going to really, not going to really happen. I, 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 don't, I doubt that that's going to happen. But that said, tells me that there's progress being made with the Browns. Total progress being made with the Browns. And I'm very, very happy about that. I am I am very, very happy about that. They've got the right They've got the right offensive scheme and defensive scheme. And the coach that they've got right now, I forget his name off the top of my head, it's the interim coach. You know, he should get a, a legitimate chance to, you know, run the team. Now everybody's saying, Oh, McCarthy would be a good spot for the for the Browns. Uh such and such is also good. Uh, the offensive coordinator for somebody. I forget off the top of my head. Look, if the guy who is the interim coach is getting more wins than Hugh Jackson was, the interim coach has more wins than Hugh Jackson has in five seasons as the Browns head coach. You give him the chance. We had shot a few years ago. Had a winning record. They dumped him to get Hugh Jackson. And that was a disaster dumpster fire. McDonald's stinking ass dumpster fire. Of a man. And look what Cincinnati. How Cincinnati's just falling apart. They are last place in the AFC North. He is a curse. He is a cancer to NFL teams. He is about as bad as Mike Jenks. And that's saying a lot. But the Browns get the job done against Carolina. Had Carolina had two opportunities to win the game. And they failed at both attempts. And the Browns outplayed them. Totally outplayed them. Mayfield, a great game for him. 18 for 22 238, one TD, no interceptions in the game. Nick Chubb, I told you at the beginning of the season that this guy is going to be an elite running back. 13 carries, 66 yards, one TD in the game. Jarvis Landry, three catches, 57 yards, one TD in the game. They held Cam Newton pretty well. 26 for 42, 266, no touchdowns, one interception in the game. McCaffrey, 16 carries for 63 yards, Two TDs in the game. They shut Newton down in the running quarterback. Samuel, four catches, 80 yards. Thomas, nine catches, 77 yards. And the, the Browns get the job done, breaking it down a little bit further. The Browns had 12 first down plays to Carolina's 22. The Browns, four for nine. Four for nine. In third down completions. Carolina, 5 for 14. The, the, the Panthers, 393 in total yards. 297th of the year, 96 on the ground. That shuts them down. 232 for the Browns, 116 in the ground. 10 penalties, 68 yards for Carolina. 7 penalties, 52 yards 
for the Panthers. Two turnovers in the game for the Browns. One turnover in the game for the Panthers. Looking at some other games in Week 14, let's talk about it. The miracle in Miami. Absolutely stunning. Gives Miami an opportunity now to still be in a playoff contention. You know, and and first of all, let me just say this. Nine times out of ten, the hook and ladder play does not work. It never works. It has never worked, period. It is a big, big injury fest that could be happening. It only happens in a rare occasion, and it did because of one factor. None of the Patriots wanted to tackle. None of the Patriots wanted to tackle. Especially Rob Gronkowski, who just, Oops, I fell over. Oops, I fell over. And first of and another thing, why was he out there on defense anyway? What was he doing on defense? Absolutely playing back like that? No. He doesn't. They didn't need to have him out there, and it cost it cost the Patriots. And now it's a laughing stock. The Patriots now are a laughing stock in the NFL because of this. This is plain and simple. It, 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 it it's just embarrassing because now when you look back at you look at this as this is the miracle in Miami. The M&M. You want an M&M? It's it, it was just embarrassing. And I'm a I'm not a Patriots fan. I've never been a Patriots fan, but knowing, you know, I I know some of my some friends of mine that are Patriots fans, they were absolutely stunned and shocked. How can you miss a tackle? There's three opportunities to tackle and they couldn't do it. They couldn't get the job done. And Miami gets the win. 34-33 on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Tennessee was a winner 30-9 over Jacksonville on Thursday night. The Jets lose to actually get the win over Buffalo 27-23. How about the G-Men getting the win 40-16, putting up 40 punts, and then the Washington Football Club benching Mark Sanchez, who they just picked up for this third-string quarterback. Oh, that's embarrassing. New Orleans was a winner 28-14 over Tampa Bay. Uh, in overtime, Kansas City gets the job done over Baltimore 27-24. Indianapolis for Phil Gilliam and uh, my friend uh, Jim, 24-21 winners over the Houston Texans. Green Bay, a winner 34-20 over Atlanta. San Francisco gets the job done over Denver 20-14. And as well as the Chargers getting the job done and leading the West, the AFC West, with an impressive 26-21 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Dallas a winner 29-23 in overtime. A touchdown late in the game. Late in overtime. I mean, literally, they drove down the length of the field. They drove down the length of the field. And they just absolutely, you know, they dominated overtime. They dominated overtime. And that affair. Pittsburgh getting getting spanked on a last second field goal, getting it blocked, and the and Chucky and the Raiders getting their win over the Steel City Monsters, twenty four to twenty one, and then Sunday night, Chicago getting the fifteen to six win over the Rams, and possibly a preview of the NFC semifinals, divisional championships, because you got the wild card. It looks to be like this. The Bears are going to be a three seed and and in the wild card in the wild card team, one of the wild card teams. If you look at it this way, 
it's it's Kansas City in the AFC. It looks like this: Kansas City it's at one at eleven and two. New England nine and four. They'll be two number two. Houston's three and Pittsburgh's four. They would play the Charger. The Chargers. I mean, it, it, it looks like it's gonna be the and it's gonna be the Chargers and and the Ravens for the two other wildcard spots. And you still have a lot of teams still mathematically in it. Miami 7-6. Indianapolis is 7-6. Like I said, the Browns are 5-7-1. They're still in it. Mathematically, they're still in it. In the AFC, the Saints are at number one at 11-2. The Rams 11-2 as well, holding the second spot for the head-to-head matchup. The Bears, number three. Dallas, four. It'll be Seattle and Minnesota. And the Bears would play Minnesota. Dallas would have would play Seattle if the playoffs started today. So, you know, and Seattle just put up a 21 points on Minnesota. It was 6 nothing for the majority of the game until we got to the, about the fourth quarter. And that's when Seattle decided they wanted to show up and play. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Week 15, we are only two weeks away left of two weeks left in the NFL full season. Big slate of games, of course. And now we start games on Saturday, which I don't understand why the NFL, this is dating back to when I was, you know, this is dating back for a while now because the void of no college football. That's the thing. There's no college football. There's no, I mean, the bowl games that are being played on Saturday are absolutely garbage. I'll say it. It's garbage. So you've got two games Saturday. And we'll go over all the games now. And you'll hear the predictions as well too now. So we're not doing the show Friday night. You'll hear my predictions for week 15. And now this is early predictions. Well, It could be fine-tuned later on, but this is pretty much set in stone for right now. So here's the we have one Thursday game, of course. The Chargers are hosting the Chiefs. Excuse me. The Chargers are on the road to play the Chiefs. A pivotal AFC West matchup could be possibly be for the conference championship. Fully for the conference championship. And the Chargers are playing the Chiefs, and I've got the Chiefs in that game. The Sun. The Saturday games look like this. Houston is in New York to play the Jets. I'll take Houston in that one. And the Browns are in Denver to play the Broncos. Now, a short week for the Browns. Coming off the win against Carolina, I'm still going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns this week. And Denver's coming off of a loss to San Francisco. So we'll see what happens. Green Bay is in Chicago on Sunday. To take on the Bears, I got the Bears in that one. Tampa Bay is in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. I have Baltimore. Atlanta hosts the Cardinals. I will take the Falcons in that one. Cincinnati hosts the pathetic Oakland Raiders. I will take the Bengals in that game. Tennessee is in New York to take on the G-Men on Sunday. I will take the Giants in that one. Minnesota is at home to play the Miami Dolphins. I will take the Vikings. Jacksonville hosting the Washington Football Club. I'll take the Jags. Dallas is in Indianapolis to take on the Colts. I'll take Dallas in that game. Seattle is in San Francisco to play the 49ers. I will take Seattle. And here's a good game. Pittsburgh at home against the New England Patriots. You know, this might be the last time we see Big Ben versus... Tom Brady. I think this is the last time we're going to see this matchup. Because I think either... Definitely Ben's going to retire at the end of the season. And it might be the last time that Brady's in in Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh in this game. But it's going to be closer than what the experts think. Taking Pittsburgh in that game. The Rams are at home to take on Philadelphia. That's the Sunday night game. Of course, I will take... The Rams in that one. Monday night game next week, it will be New Orleans host on the road to take on 
the Carolina Panthers. I have New Orleans in that one, which sets up the Lions game against the Buffalo Bills. And like I mentioned before, for me, I would, as a fan, as a strong fan of the Lions, I want the Lions to win this game, of course. Beat the Bills. But the fact that we need a draft pick, a better draft pick, makes me want to pick against the Lions. And I picked picked against the Lions last week. So I'm going to pick the Lions this week to beat Buffalo. So hopefully the Lions lose so I could get that draft pick. We'll see. Week 15 starts on Thursday with Kansas City hosting the Chargers. And we'll find out what happens. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into college football. We still got to talk a little bit of college football. The Army-Navy game. And we'll talk about the Heisman as well. So we broke down all the NFL games, and now let's talk a little bit about college football. And um, a tradition took place in Philadelphia this past Saturday afternoon as the Army took on the Naval Academy in a traditional game which saw the President of these United States attend Mr. Donald J. Trump, flip the coin, and the Army proved to be the benefactor of the game, getting the Commander-in-Chief's trophy as the Army beats the Navy 17-10 to 10 and makes it three in a row against the Naval Academy. Sorry, Helen. Couldn't get the job done. So, your guy, Lewis, 5 for 11, 81 yards, no TD, 81 yards, no TDs a game. He ran the ball six times for 14 yards, one TD a game. Perry, six carries, 52 yards, no TDs in the game. For the Army, Hopkins, four for nine, 61 yards, total passing, zero touchdowns. He ran the ball 18 times for 64 yards. And the thing is, both teams are more of a run game situation. So a lot of running plays. Woodfork, 16 carries for 62 yards, no TDs in the game for the Army. Quick pass plays and, you know, running quarterbacks were the benefactor in this game. And the Army proves, and they hold on to the Commander-in-Chief's trophy for the third straight year in a row. So that ends the regular season of college football, folks, which starts now. Bowl weeks start this upcoming Saturday. But before we get to that, we have some hardware to pass along to you. And one thing was a shot, not really much of a shocker, is that Kyler Murray from Oklahoma wins the Heisman Trophy. And he is actually going to go play baseball next year. So a baseball guy wins the Heisman Trophy. That's unbelievable. And Tua falls to second place in the voting. And Dwayne Haskins finishes third overall. He was just the general, you know, thank you for showing up. You were the third contention. It's like going to your prom. All right, I'll say it this way. The Heisman Trophy ceremony for me is like the prom court in high school. You already know who the king is going to be, but the other two guys show up just in case, you know, he's not there. Because the votes are already in. The votes were mattered. And, you know, a lot of us, including myself, I'll admit it, I had to... uh, to win the Heisman. Clearly, I had him winning the Heisman. And, you know, the game against Georgia really struggled. He struggled in the NCC championship game, and it showed that he was a little human. And Kyler Murray just was outstanding. He was an outstanding player from start to finish this season. And he, that he deserves the Heisman. He does deserve the Heisman. But in my opinion... That's why I thought Tua deserved it. But, you know, the the Heisman Committee and the voters see it a different way. And I, you know, I, I'll take it and I agree with them. I, I totally agree with them. Absolutely agree with them. 
I absolutely agree with him. So now we've gotten to the end of the trophies, everything all passed out. But here's the key thing. And we, we, I have to dive into this really quickly. I have to dive into this very, very quickly. It was announced today, and and we're gonna go, we're gonna go back into the Mac, and we're gonna go into BG. You know, Leffler has named. Let's talk a little action, really quick. Let's talk a little action, and B. Let's talk about BG. BG and Scott Leffler hires his associate coach and linebackers coach, the final piece, the final piece to the puzzle, and that's Brian Van Gonder. He played, he coached at Georgia, Auburn, and at Notre Dame. He will be the linebacker coach. But here is the breaking news to pass along to you. Former Bowling Green State University coach, the cancer to the program, Mike Jakes, has found a new job, folks. He has found another job. And guess where he's going to be going? He's going to be a Trojan. Yes, I said that right. He is going to be the running backs coach for the Southern California Trojans, USC. That's going to be a big pay cut, pay raise for him. Excuse me, a big pay raise for him. Because of the fact that now BG doesn't have to pay him the big amount of money that he that he deserves in his contract. It is tremendous to see him get this job. Because now, now... We can use the resources from this. And the football program, I, I'm not that big into like the money situation and everything like that. But the, the thing is, him going to another program helps BG because of the payouts. So, and his payout and his contract buyout. So, this is great. This is absolutely great to see. And I'm glad that he's, you know, he's going to be in Southern Cal playing. You know, we'll see. We'll see how he does. But like I said, the bowl season is upon us here on, it starts this upcoming Saturday, December 15th. We've got a full slate of games, five bowl games. And it starts off 1.30 Saturday, Tulane. And Louisiana, I'm going to take Tulane in the game, of course, in the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Uh, at 2 o'clock on ESPN, Utah State taking on North Texas. I will take Utah State in the New Mexico Bowl. Here's a good bowl game. 3.30 kickoff at Arizona State with Herm Edwards. 7-5 taking on 21st-ranked Fresno State in the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. I will take Fresno State in that game. How about this one? The Raycon Media Camellia Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Georgia Southern, 9-3, taking on Eastern Michigan, 7-5. I will take the Emus in that game. And then it sets up the 9 o'clock game as the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I As it will be Appalachian State taking on Middle Tennessee. I will take App State. Next Tuesday, the Boca Raton Bowl is UAB taking on Northern Illinois. UAB 10-3, Northern Illinois 8-5, the MAC, MAC champions. I'm going to take UAB in the game. So those are the slated games upcoming. We'll preview the next week's games as well too. And if you missed any of the bull predictions from last week, go back to next, last week's episode. We re- previewed all the bowl games. You heard all my bull predictions. And you'll hear who I have going for the national championship. The final four is set: Alabama versus Oklahoma. Now I'll give you my I'll give you my take on that. It's Alabama's to run. I think Dabble is going to have a hard time with that Notre Dame offense. I think the Irish will beat Clemson, and it'll be easy beat for for Alabama to beat. So it sets up a rematch of the national championship from a few years ago. 
And I think it's plain and simple. It's it's Alabama's to win. So Alabama will probably win another national championship. So there is that for you as you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now. However you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk about the struggles that are happening in the capital city for one. Columbus Blue Jackets. So I have this to say. What the hell is happening in Columbus? What is absolutely happening in Columbus right now? This is honestly a shock to me. After a tremendous month of November that saw the team go 9-5-1. 9-5-1. We are 1, 4, and oh, excuse me. To my previous statement, we were 1, 3, and 1. We are 1, 4, and oh in the month of December. And we've got this long homestand. Long homestand of games. We had one roll game in between. And I want to get into this. When I left you on Tuesday... The Jackets were getting ready to play a game against the Calgary Flames. Calgary, you know, one of the top teams out in the West. I was not expecting them to drop nine goals. Nine goals on the Jackets. They, The Jackets were rolling in this game. And then Calgary with five goals in the second period alone. Buried the Jackets. Absolutely buried them. It's great to see Cam continuing the streak. Absolutely fantastic. But at what cost? What cost? I, 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 I just don't understand how we could be this bad. And Bob is not Bob. He is, honestly, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this to be a jacket hater. I don't want to, don't, don't criticize me on that, and don't even blame me for this, what I'm about to say. But is Bob being this way because he wants now out of Columbus? Three pathetic performances. Calgary, the Calgary game. And Torrell leaving him out to dry. The Philadelphia game. If it wasn't for Seth Jones getting the game winner 10 seconds into overtime, the Flyers had all the momentum. Absolutely all the momentum in that game. And then this past Saturday night against the defending champions who haven't been to Nationwide yet this year, and they rolled over the Jackets in the playoff series to go to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we absolutely sucked! We sucked in that game! We were down 3-0 after 20 minutes of play! And it's all because of Bob! A stellar year he has had the last two years has finally caught up to him. And it's catching up to us. I am absolutely sick and tired of it. He goes down too early. He gets out of the net too much. He plays the puck too much. Stay in the damn net, Bob. For the love of God. If you want to be a Vesna winner and stay in Columbus and propel this team to a championship, stay in the damn net. Play the puck when it comes to the crease. Don't go to it. Watch the play develop before you go down. Because three of the damn goals... 
that Washington had on Saturday. He went down too early, and they bat him past his shoulders. Give me a damn break. And we're playing Vancouver tonight. And we're starting Corpy. And I'm going to tell you this. If I was if I was Torrell, I'd be starting Corpy more and more and more and more. Because the guy has done his homework. He has done his job. He's a fantastic player. And the team wins when he's there because he's a great goaltender. Bob is not. Let me give you some stats on Bob. Bob's save percentage, his goals against the last two years at this time, has been a 2.4. This year, after, this is, this is, this is amazing. His goals against are a 3.14. And this is all stemming back to a few weeks ago when I went up to Detroit. I watched him play against the Red Wings. He goes down too early. He plays the puck too much. And he doesn't read the play right. And now... More than ever. It's scaring me to say this. But I think he's playing it because of his contract. It's it's sad for me to say that. And we have a long homestand of games. A long homestand of games. Washington. Vancouver. L.A., Anaheim, good games against good formal opponents. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of great bright spots. You know, Atkinson, you're seeing Nudavara playing fantastic. You're seeing Dubois stepping up again. You know, Panarin, you know, not being the formal player. You know, and I, I like to see Felino stepping up to the plate as well. I love seeing Dubitsky step it up as well. Seth Jones is being Seth Jones. Wurzki not having a great year. I can understand that. But you should be defeating these opponents pretty easily or staying competitive with them. The Washington game was an absolutely pathetic performance. Absolutely pathetic. Proves to me that this team is quite ready. You know, and Anderson's doing a great job as well, too. I like Josh Anderson's play as of late. But the the, the factor is this team is struggling because of Bob. So my opinion, you start Corpy more. You have to start Corpy more. And now I, I, I want to talk about this too. This past Thursday, the Jackets had a game in Philadelphia. And Tortorella wearing a hoodie behind the pitch. Make it a fashion statement there, Torts. When I was growing up, Coaches always dressed in suits and ties, and no matter what the situation is, I love Torts when he dresses. You know, he wears the sometimes he wears the sweater with the tie, shoot, shoot, tie, shoot shirt and tie. You know, and, and somebody said that it was reported that he was cold, he was sick, he didn't feel good. He's they sent Brad Shaw, the assist, associate coach, to the hospital in Philadelphia with flu-like symptoms. And, and and Tortorella was wearing a hoodie. That doesn't show you. I mean, I don't want to criticize the guy. He's, but at, like I said, when I grew up, you know, if you're a coach, you still wear the suit and you still you still dress with class because you're a representation of the organization in the higher branch, and yet you wore a damn 
sweat uh, stam hoodie behind the bench. That's something you see in high school. That's something you see in, in, in travel leagues. You don't see that in the NHL, torts. Throw a sweater on or, or, or throw a thicker jacket on to keep yourself warm and keep yourself dressed because you're a representation of this team. And I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not criticizing the guy. You know, he's a great coach and everything like that. I love him. Love him to death. What he does for the community and what he does for this team and this organization. I love him for it. But this was a down. This was a moment where I had to say. This is when I had to say, you know. Time out. Bring the suit. You have to wear a suit. So we'll see. Jackets tonight playing Vancouver 7 o'clock tonight. The Jackets then the weekend that looks ahead. They'll play the Kings on Thursday. Anaheim. On Saturday, they'll be back in action as well. Games last night in the NHL. Pittsburgh was a winner 2-1 over the Islanders. The Red Wings getting a 3-1 win over the LA Kings. So the Kings prevailing as well to Tampa Bay. And the Rangers were in action in LA Arena. And here's the funny thing. I heard there's a rumor that Tampa is becoming the new hockey town. Kind of proving it right there with a 6-3 win over the New York Rangers. The Devils were a loser to the Sharks, 5-2. Tonight on the docket, a full slate of games. Winnipeg is at home to take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Leafs are in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. Arizona is in Boston to take on the the Boston Bruins. The Kings are in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. The the, uh, Red Wings are in the nation's capital to take on the Capitals. Ottawa is in in Nashville to take on the Predators at 8 o'clock. It will be the St. Louis Blues and the and the Florida Panthers. The Wild hosts the Canadiens. Edmonton is in Colorado to take on the Avalanche as well, too. So looking at the standings going into tonight's play, the Atlantic Division looks like this. Tampa Bay is in first place at 24-7-1 with 49 points. Toronto is in second at 29-1 with 41 points. Buffalo 17-9-4 with 36 points. Metropolitan Division looks like this. Washington holding spot now in first place at 17-9-3 with 37 points. The Jackets in second place at 16-11-2 with 34 points. The Islanders 14-11-4 with 32 points. The wildcard standing looks like this. Boston 16-10-4 with 36 points. The Canadians 15-10-5 with 35 points. On the outside looking in are the Pittsburgh Penguins at 13-10-6 with 32 points. The Red Wings are 14-13-4 with 32 points. The Rangers 14-13-3 with 31 points. Carolina 13-11-4 with 30 points. Ottawa 13-14-4 with 30 points. The Florida Panthers are 11-11-6 with 28 points. Philadelphia 12-13-3 with 27 points. And the Devils at 10-13-6 rounding out. The Eastern Conference with 26 points. Western Conference looks like this. Smashville and the Nashville Predators are 19-10-1 with 39 points. The Colorado Avalanche are 17-8-5 with 39 points. The Winnipeg Jets are 18-9-2 with 38 points. Pacific Division, the Calgary Flames are in first place running the Western Conference at 19-10-2 with 40 points. San Jose 16-11-5 with 37 points. Anaheim 16, 11, and 5 with 37 points. And Anaheim's a pretty good team this year. They are a pretty good team this year. And how about Vegas from being a chump team down at the bottom of the Western Conference at the beginning of the season now have made the run. Dallas is now in 17, 11, and 3 with 36 points. Vegas 17, 14, and 1 with 35 points. Outstanding. Edmonton 16, 12, and 2 with 34 points. Minnesota 15, 12, and 2 with 37 points. Vancouver 13, 6, and 3 with 29 points. Arizona 13, 13, and 2 with 28 points. St. Louis 10, 14, and 4 with 24 points. The Kings are now 11, 19, and 1 with 23 points. And rounding it all out, the Chicago Blackhawks are 9, 17, and 5 with 23 points. Sad to say that, you know. That Chicago is now at the bottom of the Western Conference. But that's what Vegas was a few months ago when we started this season, when we started this journey. Struggling, 
Couldn't find, couldn't get the job done. Couldn't get the job done. So we'll see what happens. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. Now let's hit continue on the ice and head over to the East Coast League. Got a chance to talk with a certain somebody who listens to this podcast. So I had an opportunity this past Wednesday, one week ago today, in the, the Cincinnati Cyclones uh, with uh, the top farm, double-A farm team of the Buffalo Sabres headed into to, uh, to the beautiful Huntington Center in downtown Toledo, Ohio, uh, away from God's country, of course, as uh, my my friend Everett fits you, the voice of Cincinnati Cyclones Hockey. Got a chance to talk to Everett, and I want to say thank you to Everett for having me in the press box to sit with him. I, I, it's truly a pleasure getting a chance to chat with him, talk to him, watch him give one hell of a performance. And his Cyclones look fantastic this year. The Cyclones are looking very, very good for us against us this year. And Toledo's a good club this year, but I think Cincinnati's a better club. I really do. I think they're really well-formed. they got the right leadership and they got the right ownership as well as the right coach at the helm. And they're, they're, they're putting up points. Absolutely putting up points. And they had an opportunity, like I said, to sit in the press box with Everett and we, we caught up, we talked about our BG days, um, talked about life and talked about sports and stuff like that. Um, and he, he told me he listens to the podcast, so I want to say to Everett, thank you for tuning in. Um, appreciate it. Um, appreciate what you do f- for me as well as for all of us that listen to hockey. And, you know, I gave him a, I gave him kudos. Had an opportunity to listen to him when he was in Washington for an exhibition game, had a fantastic, he did have, had one hell of a broadcast. I'll admit that, one hell of a broadcast, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic catching up with him. Uh, Toledo plays Cincinnati again, not at home until January. So, um, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens at home at at Huntington Center in January. So I won't get the chance to see him, but of course Toledo will play Cincinnati on New Year's Eve, which will be. Monday the thirty first, so uh, he'll get to see. We'll get to see how they do in Cincinnati yet again this upcoming month as they beat the Walleye three to one. Schultz his fourth of the year, and that was one of the first review cold calls I've seen all season. They had the test review happening. The puck clearly goes across the line, and was one nothing Cincinnati, and until. Yates getting his second of the year for Toledo and making it a 1-1 game. And then Stevens, his third and fourth of the season, as Cincinnati cruises to a 3-1 victory and leaving all the kids who were there for the school day celebration going home with a loss. Toledo outshot Cincinnati in the game 32-30. Both teams had 17 minutes of penalties. Both teams are over two in the power play. So we'll continue with the walleye. And, um, like I said, great to catch up with Everett and um, looking forward to having him possibly when he comes back into town in January. We're going to get him on the podcast. We'll have a uh, nice sit-down interview, and we'll share we'll share that interview with you guys. Um, and uh, it will be, it'll be catching up on old times. We'll, we'll have everything. So I'm uh, looking forward to chatting with Everett on the podcast with you guys next time Cincinnati comes back into Toledo. So, uh, Everett, looking forward to having your discussion with that one. Uh, Friday, the Walleye did have their weekend, which is the Harry Potter weekend this past weekend, as Toledo cruises to a 6-4 win over Tulsa. Wolf, his sixth of the year, topping his fourth, registered third and fourth of the season. Soy and Kosawa home scoring for the Oilers as Tulsa loses 6-4. They were they outshot Toledo 31-25 to in the game. Uh, the Walleye 1 for 6 on the power play, and Tulsa 0 for 2 on the power play. Then you get to Saturday, and the Walleye just absolutely like flat. They did not get anything going, and they lose 5 to 2 to the Wheeling Nailers. Phillip, his third. Winston Daychief, his sixth former Cincinnati Cyclone. Uh, Moore, his seventh of the season. Toledo out shooting Wheeling 30 to 29. 
Wheeling three for five on the power play, and that's what really killed the walleye. They could not get anything going and not even getting the power play started. They were one for three on the power play in the game. And then Sunday, Toledo loses to Prampton four to two. So with and with that, and I wanted to make mention of that too, this too. With Toledo losing on Wednesday to Cincinnati, Cincinnati gained first place and overall in the in the the West. And they have hold holding strong at 15, 5, 2, and 1 with 33 points. Toledo is now 15, 5, and 2 with 32 points. Fort Wayne, 12, 10, and 0 with 24 points. Indiana in the, excuse me. Indy is now 11, 12, and 0 with 22 points. Kalamazoo, 9, 11, 0 and 1 with 19 points. And Wheeling is 9, 11, 1 with 19 points as well. And now Cincinnati is the second best team in the ECHL behind Newfoundland, who is 17, 8, and 1 with 35 points. So there's that for you right there. So, uh, Divisions look like this. Newfoundland in first in the North Division at 17-8-1 with 35 points. Adirondack 13-8-1 and 2 with 29 points. Prampton 12-10-2-1 with 27 points. Reading is 10-7-2 and 4 with 26 points. Uh, Maine is 12-10-0-1 with 25 points. Manchester 11-9-1-1 with 24 points. And Wooster is 10-11-3-0 with 23 points. In the South, Florida is still running away right now at 14-5-4-0 with 32 points. South Carolina 14-11-0-0 with 28 points. Jacksonville 13-9-1-0 with 27 points. Uh, Norfolk 12-10-1-1 with 26 points. Orlando 11-9-2-0 with 24 points. Greenville 10-14-3-0 with 23 points in Atlanta, 5-12-4 with 14 points. In the Mountain Conference, Utah 14-4-3-1 with 32 points. Tulsa 13-6-3-2 with 31 points. Kansas City 14-5-1-1 with 30 points. Idaho 12-9-1-2 with 27 points. Rapid City is 11-11-2-3 with 27 points. Uh, Wichita 11-9-3-1 with 26 points. And the Allen Americans are 6-18-0-2 with 14 points. So the that's going to look looks like that in the standings in the East Coast League, of course. And looking at the games going forward tonight, of course, uh, they have one game that already has gone final in Newfoundland. Newfoundland wins over Maine 6-3 this evening. So looking at some games tomorrow, Maine will play Newfoundland at 7 o'clock. Uh, NS, NST time. Of course, in the eastern in the eastern East Coast Eastern Standard Time, it will be Orlando taking on Jacksonville. Atlanta is in South Carolina. Wheeling is at home to take on the Allen Americans. Manchester is in Worcester. In Brampton, it will be the Beast taking on the Wings. In Cincinnati, the Tulsa Oilers head into Cincinnati to take on the Cyclones. And at 7.35 Eastern Standard Time, on a dollar beer night for that one for you, Everett, right there. Rappert City will take on Utah, 7.05 Mountain West Time. And Kansas City takes on Idaho, 7.10 start time for that one. The Walleye's next game will be this upcoming upcoming Friday as they will take on the Norfolk Avril, 7.15 start time for that one. And then they will be... Another set of games as they head to Fort Wayne that following Saturday to take on the Commons 7.30 start time for that one as well. So walleye hockey in the play. And this upcoming Friday, they're having an all-star game ornament giveaway. Going to probably be there for that one because I love Christmas ornaments. Something for the man cave tree over here. And, of course, tickets are available by calling 419-725-WALL. ToledoWalleye.com or heading down to the wall the Huntington Center box office or heading over to Fifth Third Field at the Swamp Shop. You can get the tickets there as well as you're listening to All ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me tonight, thank you for tuning in. And now let's head into the final segment of our program, of course. Let's head into Andy Rants. 
But let's dive into Andy Rance tonight. Of course, I want to first and foremost thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And remember to continue to subscribe to the podcast and share this podcast with friends and family that you know that loves loves talking about sports. We're going to dive more into it next week, of course. Um, but uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you for um, your donations uh, to the old newsboys. And um, they actually hit it out of the park with all the donations and I want to thank you for all coming out on Friday to donate and putting that money into the till and picking up a newspaper and helping out the newsboys. It was truly a blessing and truly a pleasure to help those guys out as well. So there is that for you. But um, uh, speaking of the holidays, let's talk about this really quick. We have become a soft generation. When we feel the necessarily need to ban a song, a Christmas song. I'm talking about this whole baby it's cold outside movement that's happening right now. After all these years of this song being played on the radio and we are overthinking and overdramatizing every single part of this holiday. And I am honestly sick and tired of it. I am honestly sick and tired of it. We have principals being banned because they they ban candy canes out of classrooms because it's the J for Jesus. Are you freaking kidding me? We have people criticizing a claymation draw a claymation show that has been countless traditions in people's houses of watching. People criticizing it because it shows bullying. And here's the here's a key thing. This whole baby it's cold outside movement because of the Me Too movement that's happening. First and foremost, to all those that hate baby it's cold outside and provide that this is a Me Too movement, I have one thing to say for you. Change the station then. Don't listen to the music then. Change the station. This has been a tradition. This song has been a tradition in all classical musical outlets. And to those people that like the song, continue to listen to it. I listen to it every time. I think there's great renditions of it. It brings out the voice combo combo of a female and a male vocalist. It doesn't need to be. And I'll give you a perfect example. A few years, when I was in high school, my senior year, I helped out on an album project for a student. And uh, it was a Christmas album. And it was my friend A.J. Laporta and Caitlin Leslie. And they were playing, singing a song. They were singing Baby It's Cold Outside. And I helped them out. I thought the chemistry, the voice was perfect. A perfect blending of it. And it it was perfect on on, on their CD. On the CD for her in her project, it was fantastic to hear the hear the two voices of the male vocalist and the female vocalist blending together, and that that pull and tug kind of situation. You know that that's what makes that mute that song so great. And we're over analyzing it. Oh, it's well, it's it's about rape. She says no. She doesn't want to. She she the guy can't take no for an answer. Blah, blah, blah. You're overthinking it, folks. Absolutely overthinking it. And the key thing is, the key thing is, we have to stop overthinking this holiday and enjoy it. Enjoy this holiday. Being with the ones you love and being with the ones you care about is key during this holiday season. We don't get these opportunities with a lot of people nowadays where we get to sit down with a meal and sit down and share gifts and share ideas and share open conversations. We don't get that anymore. And to those that will criticize me for saying this, bring it on. Because I'm still here. I'm still going to be doing this podcast. I love that song. I will always love that song. And baby, it's cold outside. That's going to wrap it up for all of the offer tonight. 
right here on the Anchor Network. We'll be back next Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Offer. Like I mentioned, programming note, there will be no more Friday shows until next college football season. I know you're going to say, well, the Bulls are going on right now. True. That's happening. It's going to be interesting. But we'll see what happens. And that's going to wrap it up for All Andy Offer today. I will talk to you guys next week. And remember, you can always be a part of the show by following me on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And if you want to be a part of the show, use the hashtag AAALive. So that's going to wrap it up for AllAndyElford tonight on this Tuesday edition. And as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams that you root for at home, and to my teams, the Jackets. Come on, Jackets! Get back into the swing of things. And Bob, you get back into the swing of things as well, too. To the Walleye, to the Cyclones, to the Falcons. Go, Falcons! Go, Spartans, and go, Buckeyes. And go, Lions. And go, Browns. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. Love you. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of All Andy Alford on the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor.